Welcome to the Shanna Plan. This is episode 99. Episode Javon Kinlaw. Kinlaw, the 49ers need you to break out this season. No pressure. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined, as always, by Akash, the soon-to-be relocated to the Bay Area. Akash, how are you? Doing fantastic, KP. Actually, uh, super excited about relocating down to the Bay Area. We'll be up in, in San Francisco, so closer to the original home of the 49ers, further away from now the Levi's Stadium, but excited to be in the area. Hopefully, get to go to more games and stuff like that. I, I definitely missed that the last few years, just being away from away from the team, but excited to come back. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Training camp a week away. We are almost there. So for those of you that are listening, stay tuned over the next month during the preseason, during training camp. Uh, we're going to be on hand. Uh, I will be there. Jordan Elliott will be there. Jason Aponte will be there. We're going to have, you know, just different guys covering different topics. So uh, we will get different perspectives for you and firsthand info, which I believe is very important. So if if you're just getting information from me, I could just be watching one position group and I can miss something else going on that's very important, very critical to the practice. So I think that'll be very good for us and looking forward to it. Um, not looking forward to going to Santa Clara. Uh, it would be a lot more interesting, fun if this was in San Francisco at Candlestick. We can do an entire episode on the 49ers playing in Santa Clara, but we are going to talk about a quarterback who we were under the impression would be cleared by now because that's what we were told in January. That's what we were told every month leading up to July that the timetable at the very, very latest would be July. It felt like that was even um, giving Jimmy Garoppolo a little leeway uh, at the middle of July. Here we are, Jimmy Garoppolo. As of, or so Ian Rapport, NFL Network's Ian Rapport reported that Jimmy Garoppolo has been throwing for the past four weeks or so, but he has not been fully cleared. And not only has he not been fully cleared, he won't be cleared until mid-August, which puts a wrench in a lot of plans and I guess we can talk about all the trickle-down effects to that, but let's start with, first of all, uh, the agent part of this, because that's always hilarious to me. When when you're reading or when you're listening to uh, Rap Sheet's report, it's so evident that this is coming from the agent. And um, the main parts of that, when I say coming from the agent, is uh, Rapport said San Francisco is thrilled with where he is physically. Well, if he was, if they were thrilled, I'd imagine... Uh, Jimmy would be able to practice. Jimmy would be able to complete a practice. Uh, Jimmy probably wouldn't be on the roster if they were thrilled with his physical condition because they would either be able to move on from him uh, via releasing him or trading him to another team, getting compensation back. Uh, The entire quote, at least in the tweet, was Garoppolo saw uh, the doctor for a checkup who did his shoulder surgery, and Garoppolo is progressing well. And not only is San Francisco thrilled with where he is physically, he said the expectation is that he's fully cleared around mid-August, Perhaps then we'll know his destination. So that's about three weeks away from now. And as I mentioned, uh, we talked about this last week where the athletics, Matt Barrow said he has been throwing since June. So he's been throwing for three or four weeks now, but he's not going to be able to practice for another three or four weeks. What do you think um, is the biggest issue in this whole situation? I thought the most interesting part is you and I watched the same video. We read the same tweet, the same report. Yet we had uh, kind of opposite views almost on what that kind of meant. And so let me start by saying that, yeah, you're right. I think Ian Rapport's report comes directly from 
Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent. Because like you mentioned, if San Francisco was thrilled with where Jimmy Garoppolo was physically, he would probably be either A, traded to a different team because he was, you know, physically ready, or B, he'd be at training camp probably practicing. You know, my the biggest takeaway for me is basically by throwing the mid-August date uh, out there and saying that he won't be cleared fully, it probably means, you know, this is kind of the smooth, drama-free way of excusing Jimmy Garoppolo from training camp the same way the 49ers excused him from OTAs. They basically said he's rehabbing on his own. He'll be in Los Angeles taking care of his shoulder. No worries. Trey Lance, Trey Lance gets all the reps at QB1, and we just move on, right? We don't have to deal with Lance versus Garoppolo competition. We don't have to deal with Lombardi versus Cone spreadsheets. Like, <laughs> none of that. And, I'm sure we'll still get that, by the way. <laughs> I'm, it'll be Lance versus Sudfeld this year. But um, I, I just think it's the drama-free way. And you and I were talking before we hit record. We always look at it from the 49ers' perspective that they don't want him there. They want, you know, Trey Lance to be as insulated as possible from, like, a media perspective, from a team perspective, basically just trying to prop him up as much as possible so he feels comfortable. But I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo probably doesn't want to be there, you know, as well he probably wants to be ready to you know move on to a new team uh start training camp somewhere else and just start fresh so the same way that the 49ers don't want him he probably doesn't want to be there as well it's just a matter of getting him healthy getting him traded or released um and getting all that stuff figured out and that's where it gets dicey because i'm sure the 49ers would love to trade him somewhere but you know is there a natural landing spot he's got his 25 million dollar salary how healthy is he and I'm sure he's hoping that he would be released so he can go pick his new team. But the 49ers don't want to do that because they're hoping to get some draft compensation in return. So it's just super complex. And I think the simple solution for all is, you know, to stay away from the team till all this stuff gets figured out. And then when he's cleared in mid-August after the first preseason game, you know, hopefully there's a team out there that needs a quarterback because of an injury or because they realize the quarterbacks they have aren't good enough or something to that effect, and the 49ers can then move on from him at that point. The very last day, at least for the media to be able to watch the 49ers training camp is August 10. So um, that is almost right on mid-August or leading up to it. So as you said, heading into the preseason, it'll give the 49ers an idea of, uh, or I guess, teams around the league because they'll, they'll have time to figure out you know, if he's healthy, if he can throw. But it also brings a question about you know Debo and Nick Bosa, so we've and there have been some writers who have hinted at this that the 49ers need Jimmy Garoppolo's money from his base salary in order to extend Debo, in order to extend Bosa. But if it if it leaks into August, that means both of those players will step onto the field with a rookie contract, assuming that uh, there is no deal done. I mean, I'm sure they could find a way. Um, but do you think both Debo and Nick Bosa step onto the field without new deals because we've talked about this timeline a little bit and like Fred Warner, George Kittle, like all these guys, they were extended right around now, some in the last week of July, some in the first week of August, but either way uh, there, there's a chance now, especially with Jimmy, assuming that Jimmy is on the roster into August uh, that there's going to be that dilemma. I don't know if you saw yesterday, I saw Debo Samuels back in the Bay Area and his trainer, and I don't know if he has firsthand information or whatever, was like, Debo's about to get paid soon. I don't know if you saw that, but that was going around yesterday. <clears throat> and, you know, just to your point, um, you know, I, I do think both of them will step on the field 
without a new contract. More so Nick Bosa, just because if you look at Joey Bosa, his older brother, I think he didn't get extended till after his fourth year. So going into his fifth year option year. And so I think Nick Bosa could be on a similar path. Maybe he gets, he gets extended later in August, but I think he's less of a priority just because he has the fifth year option. And there's some precedence of, you know, a Bosa member playing, you know, uh, the fourth year of the rookie contract on that rookie deal. Whereas Debo Samuel, I think he would be a hold in. I think he's going to show up to camp just with the way the rules work in the CBA. You can't necessarily hold out or miss days. Right. So I think he'll, he'll do exactly what he did in OTAs, which is, you show up and you run on the side field and you're, you participate in meetings and things like that, but you don't take part in any on field actual drills or anything like that until you have a new contract. So I'm sure that becomes a, a bigger priority. And I imagine they'll work something out um, because I think ultimately the 49ers plan to release or move on from Garoppolo before week one and free up that space regardless. So I think a new deal is in order. And I don't think they, need the $24 million to actually go ahead and pay Debo Samuel. I think it's more of uh, they need him off the, the team this year. They can't pay him that $24 million. Right. I think, I think is what it is. And ultimately I think that's, what's going to happen. I think what, what the interesting part about, you know, both Bosa and Samuel and yeah, holding out, is not the right word, but let's say just running and working on the sideline, not participating in team drills. That opens a door for a guy like Brandon Ayuk to build a rapport with, Trey Lance, who, as we've seen, are apparently besties off the field. And that would also open the door for another, you know, play wide receiver, whether it's Danny Gray, whether it's Jawan Jennings, whether it's Trey McLeod, or whoever it may be, to, you know, again, work with Lance or get starter reps. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, you get a guy like Samson Ebicom, who is we assume will start. But after that, um, the 49ers are trying to find that next Arden Key in, or th- this year's version of Arden Key, who's going to be the guy who can kind of come off the bench and give them sacks. And if Bosa's not there now, whether it's Charles Amenehew, um, Jordan Willis, uh, of course, Drake Jackson, who they drafted, now he gets more reps while Bosa is on the sideline. So there could be, a, you know, a little developmental stage here uh, for one of the guys behind, whether it's Bosa or whether it's Samuel. Um, do you, Okay. What are the odds that this lasts more than a week into training camp? whether it's Samuel and Bosa on the side, or do you think it'll be ironed out by then? I think it'll be ironed out by then. I think the Bosa part is less interesting because I think he's going to participate. I think he participated in drills and OTAs, right? He just wasn't like running on the side side field. So I think, I also think he's just more comfortable (laughs) in where he is in terms of his contract negotiations or whatever with the 49ers. Because, you know, honestly, yeah, there's not much of a negotiation there. (laughs) All pro player. He's, you know, outside of his, torn ACL he's proven to be healthy he's proven to be reliable and the 49ers trust him enough to go let him do his own thing in the offseason and not necessarily be in Santa Clara working so I think clearly there's an understanding there that he's going to get paid and and you know the edge rusher market is what it is so there's not this like back and forth I expect to be there it's when the time comes he'll get paid whereas with Debo Samuel I think it's been more of a contentious negotiation and so hopefully it gets worked out. Like you mentioned, Fred Warner, George Kittle got paid right around this time of the year. This is when, you know, deals come into fruition because there's a deadline, right? Because there's training camp practice. This is when Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coaching staff are like, we'd love to have Debo Samuel on the field working with Trey Lance. And so, you know what they say, dead or pressure makes deadlines, or deadlines make pressure or whatever, you know, the saying. And so that's why I think, like you mentioned, a week or two into training camp, I can't see it going longer than that. 
Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, as always, at the center of this. Um, there was a few insiders over the weekend that said uh, they can see the New York Giants as a potential team. And that was something that we talked about a couple weeks. So just as more of a, you know, off the radar surprise type of team. Um, do you think this shoulder injury or this, I shouldn't say it's a new shoulder injury, but um, do you think, I guess, Rap Sheet's most recent report will change how other teams view him? Or do you think, you know, everything's just set in stone still where, they're just kind of playing wait and see to see what they have. Like, for example, the Giants, uh, do we trust Daniel Jones? Because remember, like, the reason I bring up the Giants is Brian Dable, uh, new coaching staff, no ties to Daniel Jones, did not pick up his fifth-year option. So essentially, they're going into 2022 with a blank slate as well. But, like, missing training camp is huge. And I don't think people understand how big of a deal that is for, for the quarterback, of course, because, as I mentioned, he has the guy. He's the guy who's going to build the rapport with all the new receivers. Jimmy, for example, if he was on the Giants – he'd be learning a brand new playbook. He'd be throwing to all new guys and um, you need every rep, every practice, every meeting. So that could cause teams to, you know, be a little hesitant for bringing him in, um, waiting into as this lingers into the preseason. I think the Giants are an interesting uh, option for Jimmy Garoppolo that we, you know, probably haven't considered as seriously for some of the reasons that you listed. And, you know, one of the big things there is they didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. So he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this upcoming season. And they don't have a long-term plan necessarily. Their roster is probably decent enough and their division is probably bad enough where if Brian Dable does a good job, they could win enough games to probably put him out of the top-flight quarterback mix for next season. So if you're thinking big picture, if you're the Giants, you're trying to add maybe a veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo that could provide some stability at the quarterback position, at least in the short term. And so I think it's a good option for them, especially with a new coaching staff, new general manager and Joe Shane. But catches, they've got, I think, five and a half million dollars in cap space. Jimmy Garoppolo's cap hit right now is 24 million, which means he'll need to restructure his contract or take a pay cut or something to basically, you know, fit that cap number, which is certainly doable. But I'm sure that's where it's probably hung up. You know, it's either the shoulder, how they feel about his health, or the contract, right? Is Garoppolo willing to give back some salary? Or is he willing to do something with his deal that could potentially make him a fit there? I bet the Niners probably aren't willing to take on some of the salary in the same way that the Browns did with Baker Mayfield for some reasons we listed last week, right? Non-guaranteed money, et cetera. So that's where that gets interesting. And I'm sure, like you mentioned, uh, what's his face? Don Yee. Jimmy Garoppolo's agent is probably trying to sell Jimmy Garoppolo as much as the 49ers are, right? Cause he's trying to land his client, a new job in a new city. And so a lot of parties involved, I'm sure that's where it gets a little complex. And so Gi giants are an interesting option. I think in that division, would he be the second best quarterback? Third best quarterback? Yeah. Dak. Then it's what Jalen hurts, uh, Carson Wentz. So I think he has a pretty good argument there. And, and that's another reason why I think he will land a job. And that's why I also wouldn't be surprised for a team to, you know, make a trade for him just because we, if we want a guy, we don't want to be the one uh, to get into sort of a bidding war. And then, you know, if a team has to, um, you know, give up five, seven million, whatever it is to pay for his salary to get him in the building. I don't think, uh, I don't think other teams view that as a big of a deal as, you know, some on the outside might. Okay. Let's uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about training camp. We're going to turn the page because it is almost here.
All right, so on Niners Nation, I wrote uh, just four players who could sneak onto the final 53 on offense. So I limited it to the backfield, pass catchers, and the offensive line, obviously. So uh, let's talk about this. Um, we have in the backfield, it's pretty log jam. So you have, what, three running backs who were just drafted in the past uh, two years. Two seasons, yeah. And you have... Jeff Wilson, who who's feels like he's been around for a while. He's the old man in the room now. He is turns 27 in November. Um, there's going to be some some undrafted free agents. We get a chance, and preseason allows running backs to make a name for themselves. And I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Jordan Jordan Mason outshines player a player like Jamichael Hasty um, in the backfield. What would your answer be? Historically, they've kept five running backs, right? That includes Kyle Juszczyk. So four, like, true running backs. And I'd imagine Elijah Mitchell, Ty Davis-Price are locks. So now you've got two spots, and that those two spots are going to fall between Jeff Wilson Jr., Jermichael Hasty, uh, Jordan Mason, uh, who's the undrafted free agent, and Trey Sermon. I can't imagine they're going to release Trey Sermon just because he was, they traded up for him in the third round last year. He didn't really get a chance uh, last year for you know reasons of his own. And so I imagine they'll keep him on. So now you've got three young guys and you've got one spot. Jeff Wilson Jr., for as good as he was as a short yardage back and a pass catching back you know, a couple years ago, he didn't really have the same burst last year. Maybe he was just coming off the knee injury or whatever it was. He's now a year removed from that. I think Jermichael Hasty probably the odd guy out in the room. So I'd say the last spot probably goes to either Jeff Wilson Jr. or Jordan Mason if he can if he can pop in training camp preseason because the 49ers have had that type player that kind of uh, gained some momentum as training camp goes on, especially at the running back spot. So I'd, I'd say it's one of those two guys. So Hasty's probably the odd guy out. Yeah, Hasty left a lot to be desired when they threw him the ball or just when he was on the field on in third down situations. I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think – the more that the 49ers have upgraded the talent in the backfield, the less likely um, that he ha- that he will be on the roster come September when it's time to cut down. So I think, as, as you put, Wilson, he like in the Jaguars game, he was essentially the lead back and he yeah. really couldn't run away from anybody. He looked like a guy who lacked juice and and he is a fast player. He was a fast player before injuries, but I think those nagging injuries are starting to get to him. And that's why I can see like the Ricky Jordan Mason being the guy to make it. But we also included quarterbacks here, and I actually would pick Brock Purdy because I've seen Nate Subfield throw the ball, and I know that they gave him two million guaranteed. Which, I mean, that at the time that it was there with the 49ers' way of telling us that that's going to be the backup quarterback, but I, I don't think he's going to hold up in training camp. And by that, I mean I think that defenses. I mean, last year Kyle Shanahan would like cut the the threes so he was with the, th- the third team he would cut the threes reps just because subfield couldn't get anything accomplished i don't think that's going to be any different especially now that he's working with backup so he's working against the 49ers second team and it i just think purdy is going to be more of a, a competitive guy and he'll be able to bring more to the table in preseason games and i think he's going to actually surprise and beat out subfield and be qb2 so that would be my answer um let's go to pass catchers so again, a log jam. The the five pass catchers are pretty set in stone with Debo, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Danny Gray, and Ray Ray McLeod. That's who I would imagine would be the, the 
yeah, the five wide receivers. And then for tight end, like, is this the year somebody finally beats out Ross Dwelly? I know that's not easy. He's a team. Charlie player. Warner. Yeah, that's so in my mind, he he already has. Like, that's tight end too to me. So it would be, you know, is Jordan Matthews gonna be does he finally figure it out at tight end? I know this is his second year, so maybe he's used to playing at a new weight. Um, I know they signed a guy from the Jets, Tyler Croft. They have uh, another guy from the Patriots. But uh, just with everything Ross Dolly does on special teams, I have a, a difficult time imagining him getting beaten out. So to make the team for the 49ers, you have to contribute on special teams, and you have to do something that other people can't at wide receiver. So my guy that I picked here is Tay Martin. I think that he's going to be able to contribute on special teams. He's not going to wow you with – um, speed or high he's like 6'1 184 but I remember watching him at the East West Shrine game and then he was a thousand yard receiver at Oklahoma he is on the older side at 24 but he can win and he can win in the ways that for the 49ers ask their receivers to win and because of that I think uh, just with his athleticism he's very good in one-on-one situations contested situations I should say so it gives them another reliable guy who can essentially be the another Jawan Jennings type of receiver. So that was my my pick was uh, Tate Martin. Where are you going for pass catchers? Pass catchers wise, I think you're you're right on uh, in terms of behind George Kittle at the tight end spot. I think Charlie Warner secured that tight end two spot. Shout out to Charlie Warner and his wife, by the way, I saw they just had a child. So nice. new father, Charlie, congrats. Um, I think he's just a better blocker, better overall player, I think, than Ross Dwelly. And so I think he's going to find more time on the field and that would be another win for the 49ers you know late round drafting right because he was a fifth or sixth round pick one of those a couple years ago and so for him to find time as a backup tight end that's pretty good so uh, i think that would be the big move and then receiver wise i think the five guys like you mentioned are pretty set in stone and i would actually look for one of malik turner or uh marcus johnson both guys are veterans they've kind of bounced around a couple teams they spent some time in seattle and so I just think one of those guys maybe have a potential chance uh, to land on the practice squad or maybe a fringe, you know, 53-man roster type player if they're able to shine in training camp. Just because they've had experience in the league, they know what it takes. Um, and so maybe one of those guys can potentially make a run for the roster. But it feels like offensively, outside of offensive line, most of the position battles are pretty set. And it feels like just because the 49ers have a veteran roster – most of the spots are filled. And so it's really like the last one or two spots that a bunch of players are fighting for. And that's a good problem to have if you're the 49ers front office. Yeah, I agree. The, the competition is going to be very fun to watch. And I think um, they will, it'll force some players to step up and that's what you want. So on, on, on lastly, uh, offensive line. So left tackle, no worries there. Trent Williams left guard. Pretty sure that's one stamped and glued in a starter Aaron Banks. So center, it seems like it's Jake Brindle based on everything we've heard during the offseason. It could be Daniel Brunskill, uh, right guard, probably between Brunskill and Jalen Moore. So those three are going to be uh, – two of those three are more than likely going to be uh, the center and right guard. And, of course, you have Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. They drafted two offensive linemen, so Nick Sakel, Spencer Burford. That leaves – you know, a spot or two available. I imagine people are going to love Jason Poe just because of, you know, the workout videos and being able to line up at fullback. And 
he's going to be a very popular player in the preseason. But I'm going to go Donovan West as my guy for the offensive line just because, um, you know, he, he was a he was a pretty accomplished center at Arizona State. He didn't allow a lot. He didn't give up a lot in pass protection. And I just think, you know, much like Pollock, they brought in a, a very, some very good athletes on the offensive line. And I think his experience, um, him playing at a little bit higher level than Poe, and again, just knowing what the 49ers ask of their centers and understanding that Wes is able to execute that. Um, he might not be a guy you can rely on to play right away, but I think he will bring enough to the table to start. So I'm going with West uh, for the offensive line who can sneak onto the roster. What about you? I'm going with Jason Poe. And it, this is purely based off of his pre-draft video still that still might be pinned to the top of his Twitter page. But I just think someone that athletic uh, at that size that can move that way um, can be molded into a, into a more refined player. And just like you mentioned, I think it's going to come down to Jason Poe or Donovan West, honestly. And I think he'll be one of those guys. And I'm surprised both of them went undrafted because pre-draft, you know, a lot of mock drafts have them going you know, uh, late, you know, early to late day three. And so surprised that they went undrafted and the 49ers were able to bring on both. And now, you know, in theory, they have some competition at the center spot. And so I, I'm going to lean Jason Poe. You're going to lean um, uh, Donovan West. So no wrong answer there. But again, I think the biggest competition here is that right guard. Is it going to be Dan Brunskill? I know the 49ers like Jalen Moore at that spot as well. So I think that's probably the most interesting camp battle. Uh, I saw Mike McGlinchey was on with our guy Brad Graham yesterday. He was talking about his health. Looked like he might be cleared for training camp the way he was talking about his injury and how he feels, which is a good sign because they really need those tackle spots to be solidified and so they can kind of just focus on the interior. And So that's a good sign at least. But didn't, Did McGlinchey – I don't know how much you saw it. Did McGlinchey say anything about the interior guys? I, I didn't catch the whole thing. Uh, I ca I caught some of the the tweets that Brad dropped, and I just kind of I, I watched some of the or I like scrubbed through it really quickly. But I don't think he spoke much about the interior guys. Uh, I know he spoke a lot about his recovery process. He he also mentioned he was hurt during training camp last year, all the way through basically week nine. So he was Jeez. playing hurt, and and that contributed to him playing a little overweight because he couldn't necessarily stay stay in shape. So. Hopefully we get a better version of Mike McGlinchey, who's on a fifth-year option and headed for free agency as well. So maybe that, you know, that combined with his health motivates him a little bit and we get some good play out of him. This is a huge year for McGlinchey. Huge. Um, his, it's essentially his future just because he could be a run-of-the-mill lineman if he's average or if he, like, balls out and doesn't give up anything and is the reason the 49ers are able to run to the right side and um, – Sure, like Trey Lance can make him look a lot better, but that's not a problem just because um, if he's not giving up sacks or quarterback hits, he's going to be in for a hefty payday next year because, again, he has a pedigree, has a good size, athleticism, but he does have to prove that he can stay healthy as well. That is a big key uh, for McGlinchey this year. But as far as you know, him talking about the interior line, I mean, it's tough just because you don't know. Like, yeah, he's been practicing with them, but – or he's been watching them practice. He's obviously been at the practices, but they haven't been in pads like during the mini camp. So we're going to learn a lot about these rookies. And I, I do agree. I think the most interesting and intriguing battle is along that offensive line, just seeing um, which one of these guys steps up. Because for all we know, like the 49ers could view Spencer Burford as the guy that they want to all of a sudden uh, play right guard because he's been practicing well. Or maybe they think Nick Zakel needs to kick inside. 
whether it's West, whether it's Poe, maybe one of those guys are better than the options at center. So um, it could be a few different battles. It can be a handful of battles, but I think it definitely comes down to the interior line. And obviously that position needs to be solidified because you have Trey Lance. You are breaking in a first-year starting quarterback, and the last thing you want is a revolving door at the positions right in front of him. So, um, Absolutely. Again, and go ahead. I, I was going to say, we've seen them be able to develop defensive linemen. We know Chris Kacarek is good at his job. What we don't know is if the 49ers can develop young offensive linemen because their best offensive linemen historically have been Trent Williams, who's a veteran, Lincoln Tomlinson, who's a veteran. I know he came – you know, from Detroit as kind of a, you know, a failed first round pick, if you, if you want to say that, but some of their younger guys, we just haven't seen them pan out that they've drafted. So it's a big year for Chris Forster, that offensive line coaching staff, just can they develop these young guys to find some starters? That's a great place to leave it off at training camp in a week, looking forward to it. Um, over under five Jimmy G questions, the first practice. I'll go under. It, it, it's felt like the the beat writers, reporters, et cetera, have just asked Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, whoever is at practice, less about Jimmy Garoppolo just because he's not there. And so I think I think it's come to the understanding that it's Trey Lance's team. He's taken all the reps. And usually the questions are just, okay, where is Jimmy Garoppolo? How's he doing? And then past that, they just kind of move on, which is nice, which is good because we get to learn about other things and not just waste questions on Jimmy G. They're coming. Yeah, it, it'll be under five. <laughs> There's, there will be questions about Jimmy G. Don't you uh, worry about that. Okay. Thank That's you. why we got you there to ask all the tough questions. You know it. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, the season is here. We are about to turn the page. And I have have a good feeling that this is going to be exciting. I mean, every, every year they, the 49ers find a way to make it interesting. But uh, just with so many unknowns, I feel like this one's going to be uh, very, very interesting to – from from a week to week standpoint too, I think the storylines are going to evolve, and that's what makes it, that's what's going to make it fun. So follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Uh, follow us, Niners Nation. Leave us five stars, rate us five stars wherever it is that you get your podcast. Akash, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter at akashanav. Again, appreciate everyone for listening. Ninety nine episodes. Subscribe to the podcast network, Niners Nation Podcast Network, wherever you listen. Drop us a review. Drop us a five-star rating. We appreciate it. And, yeah, I think the 49ers probably have one of the most intriguing storylines going into the season, which is Trey Lance. What is he going to look like? Third overall pick from last season. What happens there? And, yeah, we're excited to cover it. We're finally almost at the season, and it feels like the buzz is building, and Yeah, we can't wait to cover it. So thanks again for listening. And as always, go Niners.